Hello and welcome to the Finding Proof podcast. Today I'm sharing this lovely interview with Peace Mitchell, who's the co-founder of Oz Mumpreneur and also the Women's Business School. Welcome, Peace. Hello. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely lovely to have you on board. I've been hearing lots of lovely things about the work that you do uh, through some women that I know in business. And I actually know somebody who was a nominee for an Osmumpreneur Award last year, the oh, lovely wow. Jess Cleary, lovely Jess Cleary from, from Victoria. Yes. Mm. Yes. So do you want to tell me just a little bit? I'm really curious, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a businesswoman as well, but I'm very curious to know your Osmumpreneur your early beginnings start came out of a, a cyclone is that how it all began yeah. <laughs> yes so I guess yes back in 2006 I was living in the little town of Innisfail and cyclone Larry um, came to Innisfail wiped out a lot you know nearly every family was affected in some way and so my sister and I and a couple of friends, we started a non nonprofit organization and it was called Mothers Helping Others. Um, but, and we did amazing things to help the community. We held events, we built playgrounds, we published a book of children's stories. We did all sorts of things to try and help get the community back on its feet. Um, but from that experience, we recognized and we found our purpose really. I realized that when, uh, when women are happy and healthy within themselves, they have a greater potential to be able to care for and, and help everyone around them. And so the mother's the most important person in the family and she needs to be well so that she can care for the children and care for her husband and care for their neighbours and their parents and everyone around them. And so supporting women and particularly mothers has been a core driver through everything we've done. Um, we loved Mothers Helping Others, but as a non-for-profit, we weren't getting paid for the work we were doing. And we've worked full-time for two years without ever being paid for that. And as much as I loved that charity so much, um, my husband said to me, this is great what you're doing, but you need to convert your fabulousness to dollars. <laughs> 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 and so my sister and I were like, okay, yeah, we probably do need to be paid for the work we're doing. Like it's not fair to just work for free. And we realized that we wanted to help women. We wanted to help mothers and we wanted to be paid. And so we created um, the fir our first project was actually a book. We wrote a book together, a parenting book called what I wish I knew before I became a mother um, through promoting that book and, 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 and selling it and working with people an opportunity came up to buy an online parenting community called connect to mums. So we bought this parenting community and we were running this community. It was an incredible space for women. But what we recognized within that community was a really strong group of women who were starting businesses from home so they could be with their children. And that's really where Osmopreneur began. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it was back in 2009 at a time when there wasn't a lot of support for women starting businesses from home. And so Osmopreneur was created to create that support for women. Wow. You talked about 
finding your zone and finding your space where you just thrived. And we hear a lot these days, don't we, about finding your passion or finding your why in business. And a lot of people struggle with that as if it's some magical thing that if I just push the right button, I'm going to find my passion hanging on a hook waiting for me. <laughs> um, but you stumbled upon it. You know, the cyclone, I mean, not, it takes an awful lot to bring about a cyclone to, to find your passion. <laughs> and, yet, and yet, you know, that's what led you in this lovely journey. Um, you're quite right there, women starting businesses from home and, and wanting the flexibility. Uh, as a psychologist, I see that a lot with other mental health professionals who go into private practice. It's one of the things that draws them into private practice is the flexibility to be able to work around their kids, be able to work around a gradual return to work after maternity leave, working around schooling obligations and so on. Um, and you find, do you find that there's an energy, there's a, a, an intensity to the energy of mums with small kids. I think about, you know, the school hours CEO, you know, there's, there's such a pressure, <laughs> so much done in that little block of time once the kids are at school. What are some of the great stories that you hear about, I mean, obviously you don't want to share too much in terms of personal stories, but some of the great examples of businesses that seem to just flourish in that school hours block. Well, what I found is that um, motherhood's an incredibly creative time for a lot of women. And so they come up with these incredible ideas because they're spending so much time, you know, just stuck in a chair breastfeeding. And yeah. so <laughs> they're thinking about things, thinking about things and solving problems. And so it's a really creative time. Um, but I think, I don't think there's anyone more productive in the world than a mom with young kids because you have got a small window of time. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get something done, you're going to have to go hard and be incredibly focused to make that happen. And so these women are very focused. Um, and the women we work with are very ambitious and, and very driven and really clever women. Um, and they want more from what their previous career could offer them. They want to be their own boss. They want the freedom and the flexibility um, and the professional fulfillment. So being a stay at home mum like the novelty of that wears off quite quickly because these women are wanting to get out and do big things, but they don't want to be trapped in that nine to five. The nine to five model doesn't work for women. It was never designed for women. It was designed for men. And there's nothing about it that, that matches the way a woman's day looks. So women, yeah, they, they are very productive in that time that they, they might only have a small amount of time, but they can get very focused and make things happen in that time they have. Yeah, this is so true. I mean, a lot of the women leaders that I'm in connection with are doing that, you know, that juggle, that school hours juggle. And you're quite right, you know, you're even thinking about school hours themselves and the working mum, you know, dropping your kids off at 8.30, quarter to nine, say, and trying to be in an office by 9am. And then that adds so much pressure to the whole family at the start end of a day, getting everyone out of bed. I'm lucky if my boys are out of bed by quarter to eight some days. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're quite right. You know, so the, that flexibility, the autonomy, the capacity to be one's own boss and the capacity to be as creative as you can be, because I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are, creative thinkers, dreamers in a way, but dreamers in a productive sense of the word too. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the Osmumpreneur Awards. How did they come about? Well, the Osmumpreneur Awards are all about recognising and acknowledging the achievements that mums in business achieve. You know, it's, it's a way more challenging to be an entrepreneur and have young children than it is just to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, 
you think of um, Richard Branson, say, and they just have all of the time just to think about their business or, and they, they don't have to worry about, you know, who's picking the kids up because someone else will do that and that would be their wife. And so <laughs> for women, often, you know, the husbands go back to work and, and the women are left caring for the children. So to be able to look after children and create these incredible businesses that's a pretty incredible thing to do. And we've seen women who are, who are creating incredible multi-million dollar businesses. And that needs to be recognised and acknowledged. And so that's where the Osmompreneur Awards came from. And I guess it's also about challenging the stereotype of, of home-based business. Because when we first started out back in 2009, a home-based business was seen as a bit of a joke, like it was just a hobby and it wasn't a real business and they kind of didn't take you seriously. Um, when in fact, we, we work with women all the time who are creating incredible businesses from home. And so it's about sharing that message that, yeah, they are actually serious businesses and they are bringing millions of dollars to the Australian economy and they need support and they need recognition and they need to be taken seriously. So it's, yeah, it's about that acknowledgement for women, but it's also about challenging those stereotypes as well and getting the message out to the wider public that you need to take these women seriously because they're doing big things. Absolutely, absolutely. My grandmother started her own business. I'm a third generation businesswoman. And uh, my grandmother started her business in 1956 from her kitchen table. And she was a still is alive she's 90 uh, yeah. an absolute force and I think that you know some of the conversations I plan to have on this podcast actually will be with her comparing our experiences of being mothers to young children while you know establishing our businesses mm -hmm. um, and, and people think that we've come an awfully long way women in business have it a lot easier than say my grandmother did although I, I often tell the story how um, it, it shocks me whenever I'm, I'm looking for finance support with my bank I'm still asked about my husband's income mm -hmm. still, and he has nothing to do with my business it's, a, it's an incredible um you know there's still a lot a long way for us to go I think in terms of women in business being taken seriously and these are conversations that keep popping up aren't they yeah absolutely mm. so the women's business school mm. that's how at what point so at what point you've, you've created first a charity, then an online community that you've, you've taken over and then you've built up the whole Osmanpreneur thing. At what point did you feel ready to say, you know what, I could run a business school for women. At what point <laughs> did you know that that was the obvious <laughs> next step for you? I guess within Osmanpreneur, um, we'd always done like smaller things. We'd done short courses and, and webinars. We'd held webinars and we had a membership side. But I'd recognised that there was a real need for structured business education um, because there's like the Diploma of Business, which is a 12-month course, um, but it requires 20 hours a week of study. And like who's got spare 20 hours a week? I don't know anybody who does who's a mum and is running a business. Um, so we recognised there was a need for it and there was a gap in the market. And the women that we were working with within Osmopreneur were incredibly intelligent, talented, um, qualified women, but they didn't necessarily have all of the skills for business. Um, for example, I'm a, formerly a teacher, so I'm great at working with people, managing projects, all of those kind of skills, I'm all over it. But when it came to sales and marketing, 
you never have to do that as a primary school teacher. You just turn up, the class is there, you teach them. You don't have to try and market and get students in. So they were um, things that I'd had to learn about. Finances was another one. You don't do profit and loss statement when you're teaching year three maths. It's not, it's just not part of it. <laughs> you never need to know that. And so I recognised that if that was a problem that I had, then other women also were facing these challenges. They had incredible skills from their former careers, but they didn't necessarily have all of the skills you need to run a business. And that's where the idea for the Women's Business School came from. Um, and we've created a program which is designed specifically for women because there are other, are other business programs out there, but they've been designed for men and they're run by men. And women, women are different. You know, so we do cover the same topics that you would find in a traditional business course, but we also include some of that more um, personal development stuff. And we do talk about tapping into your intuition and your creativity, which are more feminine traits traditionally than the, you know, logical and um, the masculine traits, I guess. Yeah. So we, we are different. It's a, it's a business school designed by women, for women, all of our women um, are teachers, uh, all of our teachers are women, all of our experienced entrepreneurs and our mentors are all women. And yeah, it, it's a safe and supportive environment for women to come and share and process their ideas. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful space. It sounds fantastic. And, and you've got um, the new cohort for this year's intake. You're about to launch that, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We're kicking off in April this year um, and we've got, we run two programs. So there's the Ignite course, which is for pre-launch and new businesses. And it just covers all of those fund fundamentals that you need to start a business, marketing, sales, finances, social media, all of that is covered in Ignite. And we take them through a six-month program, um, all delivered online. And then the Accelerate program, which we launched last year, is for more established businesses. And it's for those businesses who have been in business, you know, five, ten years or more. And they're ready to step things up. They want to get to that next level. And maybe that's hiring staff and building their team. Or maybe it's expanding into new markets within Australia or bringing out a new product or going global and taking their products overseas. So Accelerate's designed for that level of, of business owner. And we cover um, modules on things like um, implementing systems and scaling your business and pivoting and developing partnerships, those kinds of things. So it's at a higher level. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, mm. I mean, pivoting is something we hear a lot about. And, and I think, again, it speaks to that entrepreneurial. Someone was saying to me recently that an entrepreneur is, is someone who's like usually about, you know, three to five years ahead of themselves. They've always got, you know, a range of ideas that are bubbling away and they're quite excited and they're working towards those ideas. And it might be, as you say, a pivot from where their business currently sits, mm. but they're already thinking about the next thing. How do you encourage business owners, especially mums, where it's so easy to be distracted. I spent half my life apologising for emails that I forgot to send, to hit the send button on because I've been distracted by one or both of my kids. Uh, how, do you, how do you encourage the balance between focusing on what's going on now in your business and, and that, those exciting future visions, you know, the shiny object syndrome, mm -hmm. I guess? Well, we do, in the course we do, um, we have a strategic action plan. We begin the course with a masterclass day and we do set 
all of your goals for the next 12 months and we look at like what okay what's your big picture all right bring that back what what's achievable in the next 12 months yeah and let's focus on that and let's break that down into steps and let's set the milestones okay at the end of january what are you going to have achieved at the end of february what are you going to do and having that roadmap i think is really important and and knowing yes yes i want to get to there i want to i want global domination but for now let's just do this and work through these steps to where we're going and i think having a plan like that and having um that kind of focus really does help you move forward with your goals and it does eventually get you to that that big vision but yes you do need to to stay focused and stay keep going with what you're doing Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you've got the two programs in the Women's Business School. You've got the Mumpreneur Awards. You've yes. got you've got plans for for a global uh, outreach for mm. business women. How do you keep a balance as a mum? Because that sounds like a lot. It is a lot, um, but we're very strategic in how we do things. So at the moment, we're focused on the Women's Business School and that's what we're doing. We're getting ready for our new intake. We've got the new cohort of students coming, um, coming along and joining us in the course. So that's our focus for now. And my sister's a really ideas person and she just comes up with new ideas every day. And I'm like, okay, great. That's a great idea. Write it down. And she's like, why do I always have to write things down? I want to do them now. No, this is what we're doing. Stay focused. And um, yeah, she's like, okay, well, let's, we'll do this. And then once we've done that, we're going to talk about this. And so, yeah, we do that. So at the moment it's the business school. um, And then after that, we'll launch the awards and we'll start getting excited about the awards. And then later in the year, we're looking at the U S maybe. So yeah, I guess that's how we do it. We're quite strategic in um, our calendar in the timing of, of what we're doing. And we stay focused on one thing at a time. And I think that's where we, kind of would have got um, tripped up in the past. We'd be trying to do a number of things. And that's quite common. Like when you don't, when you're trying things and you're not sure which one's going to work, you can often be trying to promote all kinds of things and it sends a confused message. Um, But if you stay focused on one thing at a time, it seems to be the strategy that works for us. Mm, Yeah. I think that the number one question that I get asked when I'm mentoring um, private practice owners in, in the mental health setting is when, how do I know when is the right time to, to grow my business? Now, one of the analogies I often think of is a little bit like having a baby, you know, there's no perfect time, but what, what, what your recollections of, of your business's growth, mm. how did you know when, what, do, what, what's the advice you would give people asking that question? That's a really tricky question. Uh, I guess you have to feel ready within yourself. It's, it's within you that you know you're ready to take the next step and you're ready to take that risk because it is a risk and actually like it's quite a common time that businesses fall apart because they they gamble too much they go too big too soon and they lose everything so I think you do have to be quite strategic you need to look at your financial model and whether your financial model is going to accommodate that growth because if you just go okay I'm just going to take on, I'm going to get a new office and we're going to pay this high rent and I'm going to put all these staff in, but you do that without looking at what's happening in your finances, then it's not going to work and you're going to be in trouble. So as boring an answer as that is, is you do have to go and look at what's happening in your numbers mm. and, and weigh up the risk of, of taking that next step. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. there's that balance, that balance between, from what you're saying, is that balance between the practicals, like the dollars, the numbers, but also trusting in yourself. There's a bit of confidence involved there, isn't there? You know, trusting that your instincts are telling you something quite loud, yelling at you, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think many times people are always looking externally, like what are the external things that, that are going to tell me? Like when a, when a mum's trying to learn how to get settle their baby to sleep, what are the things? If I just, if I just do this one thing, it's going to mm-hmm. make it work. And so I think there's that balance to be found, isn't there, about the external mm-hmm. indicators and the internal indicators. Yeah, but looking within is, is certainly important as well. Um, once you've weighed up that risk, you then have to find the courage to take that step too, and that can be a huge thing. Um, huge and thing. I've found meditation is really valuable in helping me to visualise, you know, what the next step is and asking for help, getting quiet and asking for help um, has been really powerful for me. Um, and I did a meditation this week and, and I was like, okay, what do I need to do? I need, I know I need to be putting myself out there. And the answer came, you need to be doing more live videos. You need to be filming a live video a day. And I was like, really, is that what I need to be doing? I don't, I, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I, all these fears came up and I was like, okay, that means ex- it's exactly what I need to do. I need to That's right. step out of this and actually I need to take that step and do that. And so I got up early the next morning. I did my hair and makeup. I drove to the beach while my husband and all the family were at home and I recorded a series of five videos. And so I, I just did it. I made myself do it and I was nervous and scared, but I was like, no, nope, this is what I've got to do to get to that next level. So wow. yeah. I'm impressed. thank you. I'm impressed. I was proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and with that mention of meditation, mm. what about self-care? Self-care for, for, for mums. In fact, a, mm. a colleague of mine in Sydney, Valerie Ling, is a psychologist who does a lot of work around burnout. And one of the things she's also mm. talked about is burnout in, in parents. But I think that, that burning the burnout candle at both ends, being a parent and business owner, what are your strategies for self-care? You've got the meditation. How yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a recovering workaholic. I love working. I could just work all day and all night. Um, but that's, it's not sustainable. Mm. And, you know, in my first few years in business, I was, I was just working all weekend and my family would go camping without me. And I just, no, no, I've just got to do this. You go. And I, I miss, I missed a father's day lunch with my husband's grandfather. And that was the last father's day we had with him. And I'll never get that back, you know, and I missed that opportunity because I was working too much and Mm. it was a hard lesson, but you can't, you have to have boundaries around your time. You have to find time to work and find time to be with your family and find time for yourself and your self care. And so I have now quite strict boundaries around my time. I don't work at night at all. And I don't work weekends at all. I do my work during the day. How hard was it to put those boundaries in place? How hard in, was yeah, in the beginning, it was really hard. It was really hard. And it's so tempting, you know, just to have your phone on your lap and just like check things during the ad breaks when you're watching TV with your husband. But like, that's not okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> not working. Well, like, are you working or aren't you working? If you're not working, don't work. Yeah, you yeah. Need to have I a clear break. 
Mm. I, I really do agree. And also that thing about having the phone there. Um, I know that if my phone is in another room on a charger, for example, I'm mm. a lot more relaxed and a lot more present. Even if I don't have the phone in my hand, just knowing that it's right there next to me, I'm not as relaxed as I am when it's in another room. And I can't remember who it was now, but I was watching something, someone was saying something mm. clever about the um the power of a phone like when you're out to dinner or something and the phone's mm-hmm. on the table and the the power of that phone and what that conveys to the person sitting opposite you about how much attention you're prepared to give them is another another indicator of of uh, are you actually like you say are you at work or are we at home relaxing together you know mm-hmm. that togetherness yeah, there, that balance there yeah, absolutely. You see a lot of a lot of mums struggling with this finding this balance and setting boundaries in place. Yeah, yeah. I mm. see it's a real problem because there is there's people out there who are speaking and telling women, telling everyone that they should be working. You've got to be grinding and hustling all day, every day. And that's the message they're giving. And there's people like Gary Vee, who's a well-respected entrepreneur, who's very successful, who's telling people, I watched one of his videos, he told people, you should be working on Christmas Day. If you are not working on Christmas Day, your competitors will beat you. This is the message he's sending. That is not okay. It's not okay. okay. Because if none of that, what's going to happen to Christmas if none of the mums do anything on Christmas Day? (laughs) There's no Christmas. Talk about the Grinch. <laughs> right? Who's running exactly. Christmas if the mums aren't? Yeah. But, but of course, but like, it's not true. You do not have to work yourself no. into the ground to be successful. And in fact, the opposite is true. If you become burnout, if you become run down, if you start resenting your business, your clients pick up on that vibe. They don't want to work with you either. And the, yeah. you can work as hard as you, li- as you like, but if that energy is coming from you that you're not enjoying what you're doing, they're not going to come to you. And so, yeah, balance is super important. Yeah, really yeah, is. Really I absolutely is. agree. I absolutely agree. And those messages are actually getting louder. Uh, there are a number of, you know, Gary Vee's one, uh, there are a number of them out there who, who really do push these messages. Gary Vee argues that he doesn't argue for working all the time, but then he says things that contradict that. I agree with you. He certainly does. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that whole idea of uh, I do a lot of work around mindset with, with um some of my mentoring clients and we talk about the difference between an abundance based mindset and a scarcity based mindset mm. and that fear driven stuff. If you're not working 25 hours out of a 24 hour day, the other person's going to beat you to the prize. That's really yeah. fear based stuff. And I talk a lot about not allowing too much room for that. You've got to work in a way that is, I guess, um, speaking more to your values, speaking more to, to what value you give to your clients, but also what value you get out of the work that you do as opposed to this, you know, race to the last cupcake kind of sense of how yeah. businesses should be run. Um, it's a different world and I think women are reshaping how we approach that, in inverted commas, cutthroat stereotype about business. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. really fascinated by the feminine way of doing business as opposed to the masculine way of doing business and the idea of working in flow and tapping into your intuition and your creativity and creating a business that works for you. I'm really fascinated by, by that and the yeah. potential for that to change the way that we work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And we can see examples, you know, in other countries, certainly some of the European nations where, where they've got more flexible working arrangements for families. Um, 
not just for adults in the business sphere, but also for mm. kids you know, at schools, starting with a gentler approach to education. I think that there's a lot of competitiveness right from the outset in, in our systems, both our education systems and then leading up through to our business systems in our culture. And that's something that I think, I hope, that the increasing number of women in business will help shift, especially the number of mums in business, because there's just not a lot of room for that. You can't be constantly competing with someone else and focusing on what you're trying to achieve in that little school hours window. Yeah, yeah. You have to be working in flow and, and working on things that you're passionate mm. about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Good advice. What would be the one thing if you were if you were if you had like five seconds to give someone grab them by the shoulders and say, Really, really, this is the one thing you need to know <laughs> if you're embarking on business as a mum. What's the one thing? Oh, stop being afraid of putting yourself out there. Stop hiding. People want to get to know who you are. You do have a lot to share. You do bring something unique and special and, and don't be afraid of, of showing people what that is. That would Fantastic. be my advice. Fantastic. Mm. How would people find you and the Women's Business School and Osmanpreneur? How would people track mm. you down? We, um, we have websites, so osmanpreneur.com and thewomensbusinessschool.com. Um, and we're also on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and you can find me on LinkedIn as Peace Mitchell as well. Fabulous. Peace, Mitchell, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It's been such a fascinating discussion and I love meeting a like-minded mum and business owner, um, spreading that message to, you know, get out there, stop hiding, do what you're passionate about, but also, you know, find that balance that brings value to your life as a whole person too. Thank you again so very, very much. Thanks, Tess. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. It's been fun. Wonderful. And the rest of you, I will talk to you all again very, very soon. Thank you for joining Peace and I today. Bye-bye for now.